0: really hate starting these things off, but we're here with Corey Bowling, Yo. and we're just going to get into it, because fuck all the bullshit. What were we just talking about? Um, Egypt again. Egypt. We're going to start with Egypt. Let's start with uh, the origin. Who hmm? built it? Maybe not the origin, but...
1: So who made the Sphinx? Who did the... All the tunneling on the Giza Plateau, the underground, create underground tunnels, the secret chambers all down there. What well, Herodotus, the uh, Greek philosopher, he said that they found mechanical machines that would move whenever you stepped on stones. And these underground terra or taravans, whatever you want to and call them, and so, it. so, labyrinths, that's what it was
0: so they discovered these things and it, it might be very possible you know people think about what happened to the ancient world if there was so many advanced technologies why can't we find them now could it be that that was so long ago mm-hmm. that even the people that we consider the ancients they discovered those things yeah. because we consider them the ancients. Mm-hmm. But to them, there was ancients before them. Yeah. So they discovered those things from the ancients. Yeah, those type of things that were inside of the tunnels in the Giza pyramids, they discovered those things broke them down, used them for whatever, had them in their museums and their libraries, and and now they're gone to us. Yeah.
1: It's very possible because the first Egyptian king, right, the first pharaohs, 30 seconds, 32nd B.C.
0: 32nd B.C.
1: That's around
0: 3300 B.C. Okay. But then... And so, like, even... What I'm saying is that even then...
1: They probably came across something.
0: That they considered ancient.
1: Yeah, because that was all desert at this time. It was already desert. Giza Plateau was already desert. They probably had to start digging stuff up just like we're doing
0: now. And so, like, the common understanding of built it the ancient pyramids is that that was built what 2000 BC Uh, the Sphinx to say Khufu
1: 2567 BC so say if he built I'm not sure exactly which one of them built the pyramids but say it's in Khufu's time or Khafra I think Khafra was Khufu's son that's still in 2500 BC
0: so this I know so that shit's a lot older than just five thousand years from now. So for people listening, we're looking at Corey has typed out a timeline. He's working on a timeline of uh human history and it's very interesting and I think it's uh what we just discussed a minute ago is I would think it would be something that needs to be published if we can get this thing figured out. But um that's what we're looking at right now the timeline that he's come to understand so far. It comes, starts off around 12,000 BC.
1: And it goes from climatic change to humans moving across the, the planet. Different civilizations popping up, first kings, first pharaohs, first rulers, emperors.
0: And a lot of this taking place in Africa Africa, Northern Africa, Middle East, it gets into Europe, Middle East, I left
1: China and Japan off of, I'm interested, but yeah, I'll get to it, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, because that's definitely a rich history that, yeah, I was, I, I've never, same, you know, I've never gotten too deep into that, um, Mm -hmm. to the, the Eastern history, um, I've gotten into Buddhism and Hinduism, but that only goes so far back with the uh the climatic
1: changes, the different uh Holocene events.
0: What um, I wanna know is uh so you have here the very first thing on your timeline here is the Great Change. Twelve thousand, eleven thousand B C around
1: there. That's gonna be the comet to hit. All right. Whatever there's a few philosophers That's there. that's whenever everything the entire North American Ice sheet it's all it all melted within a very short period of time. And now they're discovering all these So this was the last Ice Age? That's the that's whenever the Great American Ice Sheet melted. It's mentioned in Magicians of the Gods by Graham Hancock. Yeah,
0: yeah. And um that could be um what am I looking for? Um that could be the story of Noah? I wouldn't or say not, then. Not
1: uh I wouldn't say then. I I would say whatever that is, that's what wiped out all the great knowledge that was once here. Say so if there was an Atlantis, whatever hit us at that point, that's what moved to Atlantis. Okay, like so I, I was so, listening to a speech the other day and Graham Hancock was was talking about um crustal displacement. What is that? He said, imagine the planet Earth being like an orange and the crust being like the skin. And whenever the comet, or even the the debris of the comet, which is kind of looking now like multiple impacts, it, it, it shook the Earth and it caused just like the tectonic places to kind of move. And that's when it just dropped Atlantis down to what we
0: know now as Antarctica. Huh.
1: It's a pretty cool theory. It's, so that's a speech worth listening
0: to. So, this impact being so strong that it shifted continents, yeah. Shit, yeah. Um, so right here on your timeline, the great change this is from the great change forward, mm-hmm. is what we have of kind of known and kind of skeptic human history, yeah. Um, but you don't have anything predating that. Not that I can find. Which is like what we were just talking about. We know of the ancients, but the ancients must have had ancients.
1: Yeah, and they came at that time or before they, that time.
0: Before this great change. Yeah. Twelve thousand BC. Yep. Fourteen thousand years ago. Because you find in all these
1: ancient ancient traditions of these tall white hell people with long white beards or long crane beards. Yeah,
0: like you get the Nephilim and... and... they were
1: building stuff and they were teaching us stuff, like yeah. they built these old ancient cities and...
0: So are you familiar <coughs> with like the Nephilim from... Yeah. Well, that's Old Testament, right? Or from the Torah? Yeah, it's all in Genesis. What do you... What do you think about that?
1: Is that... So those are the ones that supposedly came from heaven and bred with the daughters of man i'm really not sure what to think about
0: him it's 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 strange because that sounds like greek mythology it does and and when it comes to the Torah, it's either did
1: moses write it or how it's discussed in tractate chagiga within the talmud um was it ezra that wrote it because ezra was told by the babylonian king go to jerusalem and get the get me the written law. Yeah. And he came back with the written law, and that's the first time they use a word that's that means a physical written law. Before that, it was just Torah. Yeah. They just used, like, Moses' law. And was, it was all word of mouth. And Ezra Wait, brought something physical. For the longest time.
0: Yeah. Um, so did Ezra write It's debatable, so... That's a whole different thing, though. That's... I mean, it's interesting. that it, That's a part of the Bible, a part of the Torah that everybody seems to overlook. And and the only time I've tried to have that conversation with, like, devout Christians, Mm -hmm. they have no idea how to respond to it. Yeah. And it's very fascinating. What are they? I have no idea. I would have to go over, like, reread it, and... um, look at a timeline and try to understand a timeline. When were these beings present?
1: So they're mentioned there in Genesis and they're mentioned in Exodus whenever Moses sent with those uh, those 12 spies to check out the land. And when they came back and they complained because they saw giants and then they, that's yeah. what caused them to the yeah. wander the desert for 40 years. Yeah. So they witnessed it there too.
0: Even in Moses' time, which yeah. to me, there is a very large gap between Adam and Eve and Moses. So here you go, yeah. So Very large gap. Do you want to go to the Jewish timeline, which I have a lot
1: of Jewish history here? The Torah was given in 1312 BC. That comes from the Chabad website. Torah given the as Mos- a
0: written word or as Moses coming Moses, from... Moses came, from- Moses came off Mount Sinai
1: in 1312 BC. Because I was trying to figure out which which pharaoh... Was going to be at the time of Moses. So right here you have a Cithonian, and then you have King Tut. You see, see the dates here. And then, so the Torah was given thirteen twelve. King Tut was from thirteen forty one to thirteen
0: twenty three. Who, based on our understanding, and who was Pharaoh? Right here during Moses's. Who who was it that raised Moses? Horim Heb whatever thirteen nineteen
1: to twelve ninety two. He would have been the Pharaoh during Moses' time. This guy.
0: And the I mean the Bible or any um I don't believe it says any range. Jewish text, none of it really specifies whose
1: It says paro. So the Hebrew says paro. And
0: that means pharaoh?
1: That's what they translated. But remember like what, what it's written in Hebrew, they don't translate the English from Hebrew yet. Yeah. They your translation goes to, from the Aramaic, from Onkelos. It's not what... Yeah. It's what Onkelos translated, what he thought it meant, so...
0: And it went to Aramaic, to Greek, to... English, or Roman, Latin. And to Latin, and...
1: But and now, English. in most... Like, your, uh, your Orthodox neighborhoods, they're going to translate it directly from Onkelos. Of what they're taught from Rashi, from the Gomorrah.
0: So the basic understanding of where Moses... That Moses was raised by Ramesses the first?
1: No, I wouldn't say that at all.
0: But what's the basic understanding?
1: I think well, in the movies, it's always Ramses. In the movies, the first. I have no idea that it's Ramses. They just yeah, say Ramses. it's Ramses. It's Ramesses and some chick. But when was Ramesses So Ramses the second comes in twelve seventy nine. So I'm assuming Ramses
0: the first was before. Slightly Ramesses. after. Yeah, it was, it was after. So Moses. then Moses was before Ramses. Yeah is it? I mean, um, just to make it clear to the listeners that why I find it important or at least intriguing, like how much of our history do we not really understand that we do we not know like for me, I think it's important to go through these things to understand, and uh it seems like the more we get in touch with, like, the information technology that we have before us, the more we start questioning what we've been told. And to me, that's important. Mm-hmm. Questioning what we've been told. We, we the last generation kind of lived their lives as as, as if they have figured it out. And we're just now coming to terms with the fact that we haven't really... Figured it out. Like, there's so much more to our story than we've ever been told that we could ever understand. You know, growing up, we would look at the Egyptologists, and whatever they said was kind of like we took it, we're supposed to take it as truth. It's like, but what we have to understand now is that we have to question these things. Because the only thing, because that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're questioning, they're coming up with hypotheses. That's all this, the studies, the archaeology, the anthropology, all of it has only been studies, like, and hypotheses. And well, we can, they haven't figured it out yet. They wanted us to believe that they had figured it out. Mm-hmm. And of course, like, when you're a, a scientist and your ego's tied up in your work, you want to be the one who figured it out but the truth is we haven't figured this shit out at all for shit like none of it um there's the work that has been done before us shouldn't be discredited it should be just accepted and we should be skeptical about it study it and uh we should try to find where it's right and where it's wrong Mm -hmm. and uh it's, that's what the, the beautiful thing about looking at this uh, yeah. type of work and going through these things.
1: So whenever I look at like the, the pyramids, the, the, the Sphinx, all that amazing work like you can easily just get on YouTube now and check out a guy named Brian Forster. And he's at these sites. He goes into these tunnels and he goes to pretty much every ancient site you can go to now.
0: Who does he know? How does he get the access?
1: I have no idea.
0: But that's he, a that's a different conversation but, on.
1: so when you see this and then you start looking at just Egyptian history like there's a pharaoh what's his name right here from the second dynasty I'm not sure how you would say that but it's K-H-A-S-E-K-H-E-M-Y-W he was the final king of the second dynasty check out his mud brick fort
0: why is that?
1: It's garbage.
0: What? It, What's a made-up piece of history? What do you? Yeah, it's
1: still there, but if you, if you look at that and then look at say the pyramid, the Sphinx, okay, technology so, com- is completely so different.
0: You say, built the mud brick, fort known as, Let's say El Zebib. Was this his tomb? No, it's just like a fourth that he had for like a. He was known as like a great warrior. And so this is second dynasty. This is second, Dynasty. and it's very minuscule yeah. compared to
1: say first dynasty, the amazing sculptures we have,
0: supposedly.
1: Because you see, if you see basic Egyptian history, we they started at peak. So how could it down. come to
0: be that the second dynasty was their structures could not compare
1: to what to what first dynasty art? weave it was. Like, the beautiful granite statues they have. The bowls that are made out of some insanely hard rock that was almost, like, hollowed out with some kind of chisel. It has to be harder than that. Yeah. And these rocks are harder than diamonds. Maybe not harder than diamonds, but you'd have to have a diamond drill to yeah. drill through these Yeah, rocks. you would
0: have to have a diamond drill. And
1: these are supposed to be, you know, Stone Age people. Yeah. Um, so some some of the artifacts and then what we have is our key, the evidence of the pharaohs that just it seems off
0: it does seem very off and i don't i just don't think that we've discovered enough and maybe like what we were talking about in the beginning the fact that the ancients discovered their ancients they Mm -hmm. took what they found put it in their museums it was somehow destroyed over thousands of years we're looking at a timeline of thousands and thousands yeah. of years, so the, the bowls
1: that are like an Egyptian museum. Those bowls that are made out of those insanely hard rocks, those will never get destroyed, unless some somebody actually deliberately destroys Dish- them. Yeah, but if they're buried in the sand, they're gonna last f- yeah. forever. Yeah, and we dug them up, and there they are. And this is what Second Dynasty stuff. So if you had this bowl from Second Dynasty, and then you look at these horrible mud brick forts that are made out of mud brick, yeah, they lasted for. Four thousand years but
0: so when um so i mean if we're in that topic i don't know how much uh of this is valid but even if we found say this is all hypothetical Mm -hmm. say we found a bowl Mm -hmm. that we consider second dynasty and it's elaborate it's an elaborate bowl like a very sound structure Mm -hmm. with carvings in it um the only way we can date that is dating the sediment around oh, it. Yep, exactly. And so we could say that this came from the second dynasty. But it could came but from it before. It came way before. Yeah. Um.
1: could be like an heirloom from something way yeah. before these people are even around.
0: And even, you know, so if we're talking about dating ancient structures, ancient items. Um, you only
1: date the stuff that's around it.
0: Exactly. Like you can't blue. you can't carbon date the rock. The rock.
1: Unfortunately not. And um
0: that's and that's problem. the case with the Sphinx, correct? Yeah. So we um we look at the Sphinx and uh you know, common knowledge we're saying that the Sphinx is about 4,000 years old. Yeah, saying <laughs> 2500 BC. According to our history mm-hmm. to our understanding that we have now
1: yeah they would say it's around 2,500 BC was when the sinks was built
0: which if we look at the environment if we go back to environmental history the where the world was only 4,000 mm-hmm. years ago 4,500 years ago see that was all desert it was still it was desert Yeah, And so we look at the erosion Mm -hmm. On the Sphinx Of course me and you understand this This is a conversation we've had But for the listeners It's important that we know That we can look at the Sphinx Mm -hmm. And we can look at the Environmental changes That the earth has gone through And especially in that area Mm -hmm.
1: It's water erosion on the
0: Sphinx It's water erosion Mm -hmm. How do you have water erosion in the desert? Um, so the
1: African human period was 7500 B.C. That was called the Holocene wet phase.
0: And in which time they had plenty of greens? <clears throat> um, so... The, so Af-
1: the African human period was 7500 B.C. to 3900 B.C. So that's 3900 B.C. Your first pharaoh didn't come in until 32nd, uh, 32nd B.C. Thirty-second, you know, century BC,
0: but who's like thirty-three? So but I, I'm almost—I don't think that those structures were built by pharaohs, what we consider pharaohs. That's
1: that's what basic Egyptian history says right now. Though. Yeah, but remember the the guy that.
0: But but we but, said, but we can understand the, like when when was when was the Nile Valley a lush green when did they experience torrential rainfall because as we were saying the erosion on the sphinx mm-hmm. didn't come from wind it no. didn't come from wind and sand it came from water it came from water if you look at the sphinx the erosion on the sphinx mm-hmm. it is all water you can see how the water came down like it's it's there's no doubt about it no doubt about it. So the earliest you're gonna have water is thirty nine hundred BC, but that's the Holocene wet phase
1: is from seventy five hundred to thirty five or thirty nine hundred BC. That's according
0: to like the uh the climate. Uh, Could it have changed so rapidly? The climate charts. Cause if yeah if we're looking at let's so round it out to four thousand That's three that's almost like three thousand years of stuff. Let's round that out to 4,000 B.C. Mm-hmm. Um, around 2,000 B.C. is where they are
1: projecting.
0: But uh, So the
1: Pharaoh that's known for building the Sphinx. Whenever you read the tablet, when you translate it, it says that he had a dream to uncover the Sphinx. Whenever he uncovered it, he would become Pharaoh. So the guy that they give credit to building the Sphinx, he just uncovered. He was the one who found it. He uncovered, yeah. In his dream, he uncovered the Sphinx. So that at his time, at twenty-five hundred BC, it was already completely covered with sand, kind of like the photos you see now from 1800s. Yeah, yeah. It was just the head. It was just probably the head sticking out. Yeah. And that's probably when he carved his head out and then uncovered it, or uncovered it and then carved his head out. Yeah. Whichever way you want to go with it. Yeah. But that—that's um, how it goes.
0: So you have the, you have I the, know. you have the ending of that wet phase, what mm-hmm. do you call it?
1: The African human period. I'll have the
0: Holocene You have it phase. ending at four thousand.
1: Yeah, it's ending at four thousand BC.
0: That could have been a six to nine thousand period nine thousand year period. Oh no just just seventy five hundred to thirty nine. that's what
1: three thousand years I'd say roughly.
0: That's it's rapid change, but also we have to look at three thousand years man. Three thousand years That's a long time I think I still think that's rapid change but I think it might have been influenced by things happening in our cosmic environment
1: It could be because we're still we're still finding impact stuff happening I think it's rapid
0: even though like we think of that's a long time Mm -hmm. no fucking doubt to us but in the 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 actual grand scheme of it all that's a very very small amount of time and um I think without interruption it would take a lot longer for things to shift in that way. Mm-hmm. But that's that's saying like there's a cosmic environment that we have to think about. We have to think about comets impacts on our earth. This shit happens constantly. And uh or the the coronal ejections from the sun, things that uh, can greatly impact mm-hmm. our environment and even still when these things happen it's not like they happen in a snap yeah it Th- takes the changes a lot. it takes hundreds of years of chaos
1: but they have found those woolly mammoths that were flash frozen with the food not even digested in their stomach yeah so sometimes shit can happen very rapidly like within a second exactly
0: but that but that's um we're looking at like a a cosmic impact.
1: Yeah, it could have been cosmic because something blew. It's back. not
0: just it's not just natural, like what the shifts that the Earth naturally goes through. Mm-hmm. Those things were probably influenced by something cosmic, something yeah. extraterrestrial coming yeah. and and changing our environment. Yeah. Which has happened through the millions of years that this planet has existed. Man, there's an amazing story Graham Hancock translates from this uh, tribe called the Ojibawa. What are you looking for?
1: That book, because the story is beautiful. What, I wish I could find
0: fingerprints it. Fingerprints or magicians? It's
1: the magicians of the gods. He, uh, I was reading it last night. He talks about the Oj—I think it's the Ojibwa—and they said the birds of God came down from heaven and struck the earth and he he sees kind of you know bringing that in as, as like a reference to the meteors coming down in the past yeah because yeah. this tribe supposedly lived in North America right along the ice wall Damn. yeah
0: damn that's a strong fucking tribe i yeah. mean i'm just thinking about like what does it take to survive in that kind of environment
1: and they had what was it uh the woolly rhinoceros walking around the big beavers walking around
0: that's like the time of megafauna thing.
1: that's say right around say t- 1300 BC is when the Ojibwa people would have been around living in North America right along the ice wall the two mile high plate of ice that covered the entire North American continent you know and all that shit just melted
0: I only got through man I've had a Magician of the Gods for about two years and I've only gotten about halfway through I just kind of pick it up every now and then yeah but it's every time I pick it up I'm never disappointed I love the stories yeah it's fucking amazing and so I mean I will plug it just for anybody listening if you're interested in this kind of stuff what we're talking about human history um, the things that we are discovering that we're discovering right now this shit is still going on we haven't figured it all out but if you're interested in learning about these things Do some research on Graham Hancock.
1: His new book comes out on April 23rd. It's called uh, Before America, or America Before. It talks about all the societies and the tribes that lived in North America and South America before, say, 12,000 B.C. That's
0: exciting. I'm glad you say that. I've gotten, uh, when Magicians of the Gods came out, Mm -hmm. I pre-ordered it. And he sent, like, an autograph on a nice. on a plaque card, and, <clears throat> like, so, I mean, because I love his research, mm-hmm. and this man, uh, Graham Hancock, look up fingerprints of the gods, look up magicians of the gods, and this is, he goes in depth, way more in depth than I could. You mm-hmm. too, it's, you know. It's insane. I, I get a lot of my knowledge and understanding from his work, uh, but the dives he did too the thousands of dives for the underwater like megaliths he's
1: found I can't think what that book is called but it's it's amazing I've
0: even read his fictional work he's a good storyteller um War of the Gods oh
1: with Montezuma. yeah
0: yeah have you read it? I haven't I've got the first one and the second one I listened to on audiobook but I'll let you I'll let you borrow the first one dude it's so fucking good
1: Montezuma blows my mind. I thought it was a lot earlier in history, but it's 1466 AD. He no, it's
0: at- it's late because he it's he was around when late. Cortez came. Yeah. When Cortez came from Spain. And, like, dude, I mean, the way that Graham Hancock does it, he, um, so it's called, uh, War Gods. Yeah. Um, The Plumed Serpent, which is Kuetsu Kato, I believe. But, um, dude, he does so good at going in depth into this very rich civilization mm-hmm. that existed before the spaniards came into mexico and it is so good dude the way that he it's a fictional story but a lot of it he creates a fictional story out of a a real historical account yeah. and it's so good see the culture they only started in 13, 13 AD. yeah 1300 AD. yeah and where did they come from
1: Supposedly they came somewhere from the north, and... Do you think? They didn't build any of that stuff they lived on. That stuff was already there.
0: So, um, I'm aware of two theories. Coming from the north, like, say, our Native Americans, or, awesome. you know, if they came across the Bering Strait into North America. You have the Native Americans here in North America. They moved south into Mexico. Mm-hmm. You heard about the theory coming from Japan, coming straight from Asia, sailing across. So, so that all
1: that would all been before, say, the twelve hundred B.C. before the the comet hit. Do you think? So that means the oceans would have been four hundred meters lower. So the Bering Strait was nothing but a big giant chunk of. That land. was a land bridge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's so much land, so that you could just walk, and there's a big giant gap. In the ice sheet that covered North America, so you're able to come down through the ice sheet and it wouldn't surprise me at all if you were on a boat and you were coming across was it the pacific like people d we've been here
0: and even so like even years. with the the land being so low, what was Hawaii like then a, a, a very bigger, it would be a massive yeah it would, might have been in its own continent probably
1: um drop the water by four hundred meters and that's what you're going to
0: have a we have a lot more land yeah um most of your Gulf of Mexico is one big... So it could chunk. be that they jumped from Asia to Hawaii to this landmass of Hawaii. Yeah. Not just islands. It's a landmass. And then they moved to Central America. Yeah.
1: They, they finally found the Egyptian boats. This Was it last week? Check it out. It's on that I fucking love science page. They found the Egyptian war boats. They're talked about by the, the, the Greek philosophers
0: yeah where did amazing. they find them
1: in the Pacific or uh, somewhere in the Mediterranean in the Mediterranean it yeah. yeah it's, it's amazing I was about on, to say so. if
0: you found Egyptian ships yeah. in the Pacific that would be fucking wild but yeah in the Mediterranean mm-hmm. it so makes sense
1: if you want to the Hopi Indians everyone supposedly says that the the pharaohs mined the Grand Canyon
0: yeah the Hopi tribe yeah, yeah I've heard about that's that that's amazing yeah now, which if
1: you, if you find an Egyptian boat somewhere underneath all that water
0: I would like to um, that's a crazy so I would like to look at to the uh, the sediment coming from the Grand Canyon and how it relates to Egypt do they have any like can we actually test it oh, I th- you know I, what i that I, like, I kind
1: of think it's a crazy theory cause you only kinda, it's a crazy theory yeah
0: What's the theory, that they mined it from the Grand Canyon to build pyramids, or what were they building with it? Could it be gone from Egypt? But that's a shitload of mining. Yeah. I mean, you've been to the Grand Canyon. It's
1: beautiful. But when I'm looking at some of it, you're like, eh, if you wipe away some of this dust and you go back a couple thousand years, it might look completely different.
0: It's a lot of thousands of years. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not too... I'm no... Some guy that worked with the no National geologist, Geographic,
1: but some guy at the National Geo- Geographic, either in the 40s or 50s, said he was coming down the Colorado River and he noticed a hole inside of one of the, the canyons. Just in- like a cave. Yeah, so he went inside of it, and the story goes, that's where he found the Egyptian artifacts. And then, so you have that, and that was written within the National Geographic.
0: And, but then the Hopi already had stories and,
1: about it. And the Hopi already had their story about Joseph being the one that came and mined the, uh... The G-
0: yeah. They even named the Pharaoh Joseph, so it's, uh... So, um, let's see. Let's get into the end of your timeline. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so you go from
1: 12,000 B.C. Um... All kinds of everything you want to know in between not everything. Check so out this Carrington event that happened in 1859. They'd say if another sur- solar storm like that hit us again, it would wipe everything out. Wait, what? What happened in 1859? It's called the Carrington event. event. is a crazy solar storm
0: They hit the planet Earth worth a, a Google search okay so this solar storm if something like that happened now it would wipe us out our in, well would it wipe us out or would just our information technology be wiped out and that would cause great chaos if would it would cause chaos I mean so what this solar storm that happened the Carrington event what what happened then Ah, my leg's like up. Um, let's, uh,
1: let's figure this out real quick.
0: Was it, like, because... Why, why is this an event on your timeline? Uh, it's part of the,
1: the climate change. It's just kind of thrown around in there.
0: What effects it did it s- have on... It was
1: a coronal mass ejection, that's why it's on there. Okay. hit the Earth's me- megatronosphere... One of the largest geometric storms on record, September 1st, 1859. So this is, I guess it was one of the last coronial mass ejections that I was able to find.
0: And what kind of effect did this have on our climate? Did it, did it shift our climate like in any major way? Was it a small form of a coronal mass ejection? Uh, strong auroral displays. Every yeah, wreaked havoc with
1: telegraphic systems. Cause obviously, to me, I would assume the reason I put it on there because that was the last. The
0: corona, last time corono like mass that ejection
1: happened. happened, yeah. Um, cause there's a few of them
0: around here. If we look at, I I want to. I'm very curious, and I would like to, like even try to project and understand and uh, I don't, I don't want to say I want to see it happen right now mm-hmm. but if something like that happened right now I think the biggest impact it would have on our society is that our information technology is fucked our satellites they're gone
1: if the climate changed in any way like dramatically it, it affects all that shit is it's like when you put climate change with what happened in history there's a big cold period that started in 536 AD and then the dark ages started in 476 so it started getting cold yeah and then once it started once the climate dropped
0: that was over that was only like a hundred year period yeah
1: but it still wreaked havoc
0: yeah and that's the thing is that like
1: could you grow food if the temperature dropped you know 20 degrees across the planet
0: depending on where you are at and where you're at yeah
1: say in Texas it only gets up to 80s instead of 110 and but then during the winter it gets down to negative 20
0: yeah yeah it, it it caused problems a lot of problems and that's a major shift in really a short period of time hundred years
1: yeah when you look at some like the, the climate charts shit just kind of happens very quickly and it affects our
0: And so there's, um... Our history, or not our history, just affects our... Livelihood, our civilization. Yeah, it affects everything. And we look at these things, I mean, looking at the timeline and how these things impact our civilizations so quickly, how quickly things change, what we don't understand right now in our civilization is how something like this that we have no power over can quickly just flip our world upside down. It hasn't happened to mm. our to our modern civilization mm-hmm. to, you know, all we can think about is our day-to-day, how we have these precious technologies, all these precious things, all these beautiful things.
1: We've had about 4,000 years of peace. Oh, almost uh, almost like a climate.
0: Almost 4,000 years of peace though, but you're looking back at the dark dark ages yeah, really when the peaceful. climate it wasn't.
1: Well, yeah. It was a few, maybe maybe. There can years, be, so. there
0: can definitely be something that comes along that puts us into another dark age. Yeah, like you use a woolly mammoth for example,
1: out in the field eating, and all of a sudden you're flash frozen. Yeah, like that. Blew my mind. And it's I never something found
0: that out. that's just beyond our control. And we have these advanced technologies that we're doing, that we're using to improve our lives. What I would like to see is that we start focusing on our cosmic environment. What was that one they found this
1: week? The one that blew up. They found. They said it. it happened three months ago, and we're just now finding out. It was like I think thirty times. Thirty times the mass of uh, say Hiroshima. And it blew up somewhere over maybe Russia.
0: Oh. And we're just now
1: finding out.
0: Was it? It was like a meteor. Yeah. An explosion.
1: Yeah. So it happened back in say, November, December, and it's March. I'm like, hey, when did this happen?
0: Yeah, I think a guy was telling me at that about that at work, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. What it's called something? I'm. Mean, but that's on the um the level of like a, Tunguska, when Tunguska happened. Yeah. It was. It could have been a meteor impact, Mm -hmm. but it was destroyed in our atmosphere just in time that it exploded Mm -hmm. in our atmosphere, but leveled everything within like hundreds of miles, just completely leveled. If anybody was alive Mm -hmm. somewhere in that area, they were fucking dead because it bent trees to the fucking floor, singed them. And um, these things happen. That wasn't even. That wasn't even. That wasn't more than a hundred years ago, when
1: Tunguska happened. I guess we really haven't lived in a couple thousand years of peace. It has been kind of chaotic.
0: It's all. It's always been chaotic. Yeah, it's always.
1: It's always going to be chaotic. But we've. uh,
0: We've been very fortunate to not have an extinction. Yeah. Event. Which, it's it's going to happen.
1: It will. It will happen. So within like the Islamic tradition, we're the last phase of humanity. Like there's been multiple phases. I've been talking to this guy I, I work with named Nazar. He's part of the, the Sufi sect. I guess they're more of like the mystical, peaceful ones. The ones, my bad. they more peaceful people.
0: <laughs> well, we'll compared to the The, the Wahhabis.
1: They, they're right. more peaceful than compared to the Wahhabis. But he, he was telling me, we started getting this kind of their, their mysticism. And he says that we're on the last phase of humanity. He said, our modern-day Adam and Eve were the parents of what we are now. He said that there has been multiple phases before them, and they've been hit and wiped out, hit and wiped out, and this is it. And if we don't get off of this planet, then we're also going to be wiped out.
0: Yeah. So, no fucking doubt. And it's... It's like, oh, that's
1: really cool to think. but I didn't know your people believe in that.
0: It's well, really interesting. It makes sense it does make sense I mean we look at the ancients and the uh, technology that they had Um, we look at their advanced intelligence and we can't comprehend it and like I was talking about before we started the recording I think that there's a separation between the intelligence that they had Mm -hmm. that they had built over time Mm -hmm. is very different to the intelligence that we have built over time they started at a point blank period maybe picking up on civilizations that were before them mm-hmm. and all they had was stories and they built from there and had their own intelligence that we don't understand they wouldn't even understand the intelligence that we come to have that we've come to understand it's different because we we started at different point blanks they came to, maybe their understanding was more mm-hmm. esoteric maybe their understanding of
1: there's been so many changes. Like Homo Daltu is, a hundred eighty thousand years old, and it, he's compared to me and you, same size brain. Everything is just like me and you. So whatever we are, the same thing was walking around a hundred eighty thousand years ago. Yeah. There has been so many ups and downs, just within the past hundred eighty thousand years ago. It might like, even go back further than that.
0: Endings. Beginnings, endings, beginnings, endings, beginnings. It goes on. Yeah, and And, that's
1: what's going to keep on going.
0: And it's interesting. The way, like, I've had this kind of, like, thought experiment where we're looking at ancient civilizations and when these things die off, they go through a great extinction. This great cataclysm happens... But there's few survivors. There's all... Yeah. Very few survivors. It wipes out... Very few survivors. 80% of everything. And so when those survivors start again, mm-hmm. they have to start rebuilding. They're going to start civilization all over again. Very few people. Yep. They're going to have stories. Exactly. About what came before. Like where they came from.
1: You're going you're gonna to go to these so ancient sites and remember they're going to talk about these things yeah.
0: and these things are going to spread throughout their so and that's kind of I feel like that's what happened to us Mm -hmm. there was some kind of great cataclysm that wiped out a civilization before us there was few survivors they had nothing but stories of these these great magnificent magical things and when we hear them they're like well that sounds like magic
1: I think there's something that happened I would say around 5000 B.C between 9000 BC and 5000 BC you had this climatic optimum which they said it was just the temperature was perfect across the whole planet just lush green lands everywhere and at 5000 BC that ended abruptly something happened but there, we're looking at
0: thousands of years that's 4000 years of of expansion perfection of, of the perfection, vid- on this of planet perfection on this planet kind of Almost, I'm sure they had their close impacts like Tunguska events but and when stuff. But when you look at the
1: ice but cores, there's nothing. It shows 4,000 years of no mass burnings, no mass fires, no cataclysms. So it was just a golden age. A golden age. 4,000 years of golden age. You want to talk about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? That's where it's going it. to come from. And then and something... you think
0: about like how much knowledge can be obtained in 4,000 years. Oh my gosh. If we look at our history in the last 4000 years yeah. how much we have how much knowledge we've gained and mm-hmm. what we've been able to do how come at this point in history that 4000 years mm-hmm. they've, they've already they were so advanced advanced beyond our comprehension because their advancement was different than ours yeah we took a. they might have taken a more natural more that, that
1: these these could have been like you know the people that were just kind of building up from the last meteor that's yeah. the last you know comet that came by and smacked us at twelve thousand B.C.
0: But even what we have to understand
1: about it's still three thousand year difference. People were it's three thousand fucking years. Yeah, that's
0: a long time to to gain knowledge to learn, and I think that ancient civilizations. I can't pinpoint which one, which period of time, but I think their sciences was more into what we can do with our psyche yeah what we can do with our brains how we can manipulate matter with our brains or with whatever it is that we are given naturally
1: almost like a very esoteric type of teachings yes they knew of that like the esoteric knowledge yes and they get something that gets very strange it's like
0: how in the fuck do they figure some of this stuff out
1: but you had these thousands of years where you were able to think yeah and, you put and your greatest the, minds to it
0: yeah Exactly, and I mean we can do we can kind of reflect now here in our own time mm-hmm. we've taken our knowledge into tech- what we call technology they had technology, but what we all of our technology is almost external, coming from our minds, but being built externally mm-hmm. until maybe it comes within, and then we can. When we take our external technology and place it within, maybe we can reach that that place that they were at. Nat, maybe naturally, maybe not. I, I think we we took a completely
1: different turn than what our pre-human people have taken. Something, something just feels different this time to me. Yeah, like what I've seen in the past happening, or what we have evidence of happening, and what I see us doing now is like. I think there's a split and we took a different path
0: and I I agree and maybe this because
1: is a proper path like this is what we're, we're supposed to take so we can do like our species we're supposed to do we're supposed to leave this planet maybe to a different
0: and maybe that involves electricity maybe that involves the technology that we're creating yeah now. Um, I uh, I agree I think that um, like I was saying the um, knowledge that we obtained before was a lot was natural, Mm -hmm. and maybe that was um, primitive compared to what we've come to know and understand now, where we can make technology, where we can use code, and we can simulate realities. And and once we start to infuse that into our own brains, what is the universe but code? It's nothing but a supercomputer. I don't think it's
1: what our our species is going to do, though, because say when I was listening to this guy Nazar, listening to him talk about his Sufi beliefs, and then kind of going back and listening to Paul Stamets talk about how we're pretty much like little sprouts off the the mother mushroom. yeah Okay, so the mother mushroom wants what? It wants to survive, and it knows in order to survive, it has to get off this host that it's living on now. So it sprouted us out.
0: It's the panspermia. Yeah.
1: So it sprouted us out. We keep getting wiped out. It knows this. So we've been eating these mushrooms and it's been teaching us, hey, you gotta get the fuck out of here. So it keeps teaching us how to get off this thing. We keep advancing because if you start taking these mushrooms, DMT trips. Well,
0: you look at what's going on in Silicon Valley with people um, microdosing. Exactly. And it's advancing. And they're teaching teaching us. us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So it's doing what, just like he's thinking. It's the last cycle, and we have to get off. The mother mushroom is teaching us, hey, we've got to get the fuck out of here.
0: And even when I talk about the technological advancement of our civilization, well, that's, the, that's yeah. natural.
1: That, yeah, it is natural. I think that if, if this thing People is teaching, want to us, separate teaching us this, that we should do this.
0: That this is our, this is our next form. Yeah. This is our new evolution. It and what I'd like to call... Robo sapien is probably going to be the next form of Yeah. our human civilization. But that's how the host knows that we can make it off. And Become it could this be. So we can live forever. And it might be something that ancients had already figured out. When you look at Atlantis, mm-hmm. was it ever. It could have been a physical place. It could have very well been a physical place here on Earth. Yeah. Could it be that they were so advanced? That their minds were so advanced that they figured out a way to transcend the physical reality. That's why we can't find it anymore. That or that's what got them in trouble to stop paying attention. I, I've heard about the destruction of Atlantis. Um, but I feel like something. And, and it's, it's hard to... Because of course we don't know shit about our own oceans. I would say it's
1: under the ocean. The, the oceans have been skinned at this point. When I was listening to Graham Hancock, he, he, like this last speech I was listening to, it made the most sense how the crustal dis the crustal displacement. crustal yeah. how how it just impacts what shift. Yeah, I was uh-huh. like, okay. So in a way, now it makes me fucking want the entire Antarctic ice cap to even melted. because <laughs> they found forests that are you know forty thousand years old underneath this thing. They dug them up.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. The modern science about Antarctica is that ice has been there for millions of years. How can you have a forest that's forty thousand years old if the ice cap has been there for millions of years? Two different stories that do not fucking add up. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I have two different stories. So somebody needs to explain to me which one of these stories is correct. So if you want to go with crustal displacement, these forests were there. A comet hit. Boom. Shit shifted and it went to the south pole and got cold and froze exactly. Because you have the forest is 40,000 years old. It means that 40,000 years ago, that continent was somewhere else and it had life on it. There's bones. It's completely fucking different than what we know now. So it can't be millions of years old. Yeah. So there's a... Somebody needs to figure this out. I'm not the guy who has all the money to figure this shit out.
0: Right. Give me the money and we'll, we'll do this. But I have fucking questions. I, um... So going back to, like... Where we stand now with our technology and where we're going i um i'm almost i flirt with the idea that we could become so advanced if like if if we do not experience one of these cataclysms, if we are fortunate enough to continue another thousand years our advancement, maybe not even that. 500 max. Because the rate that our technology is expanding, mm-hmm. look at what happened in the last 100 years. Double it exponentially in the next 50 years and double that in the next 25 years. The next 50 that. is
1: going to get very shifty though because it's going to get very cold over the next 50 years. We're going to go through another dip, like a cold period. Yeah. It's, I would say 90% sure it's going to fucking.
0: All those guys are doing the ice core research. So before we get started, I want to tell you about the best thing that has happened to the podcasting world, and that is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You can go to anchor.fm start and join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. You can even find it on the App Store of any iPhone or Android. The app is called Anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. All right, so uh, we just had to take a little break, but um, what we were talking about is the next shift of climate. Yes. What is going on? This is something that I have not looked at.
1: Um, according to the climate scientists, 2020, we're going to hit a, around 2020, say between now and maybe 2020, maybe 20 2022, 2025, give it a 5 to 10 year range. Yeah. We're supposed to hit a 50 year cold dip. Where the temperatures are going to drop. And you have these cold periods all throughout human history.
0: So let's just, hold on. I mean, there's a... This is a possibility, maybe. 20
1: years here, 10 years here, 50 years Did we years not here.
0: hear the same shit from Al Gore? But that, that's climate warming. We're looking at. It goes up and
1: down. Yeah, Natural yeah. climate change, it happened. Yeah. Damn it. See, that's just a sticky subject.
0: Because it's already been tainted, and it's... Yeah. Th-
1: just get away from political issues. The fucking climate changes by itself, whether we like Naturally, it or not. Yes, Naturally, yes, that
0: is scientific fact.
1: Yeah, and it's going to change, it's going to get colder. Now, it will get colder on land, but the oceans continue to melt? I don't know, I'm not a scientist, but the climate scientists say that it's going to get colder. Mm-hmm. The winter's are already getting worse, if you can't fucking tell.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I've been living here in Texas for the last ten years, dude. I've, uh... For the last ten years, I I've been kind of taking mental note of the way that the seasons change, and yeah. we're getting wit- winter later. Wait, every year it gets later and later I that my, winter comes by. I planted my garden last year in May.
1: I was gonna plant my garden like this weekend, and I can't because it's gonna get super cold again.
0: yeah <coughs> So summers coming later. Yeah. So there are shifts, and it's Uh weird, because i have Dude, not even 10 years ago, dude, it had to be 15 years ago when I started taking note of these things. Mm -hmm. Because I remember, I was probably 13, 14, when I... The last time I remember, like, Halloween being cold. And every year, and I've taken mental note every year, it gets warmer and warmer around that time. Air yeah. stays warmer. Mm-hmm. It's that the cold comes later. It, it's it's there is definitely a shift, and if anybody has been paying attention, and it's so weird that I've been paying attention for fifteen years, it's happening. But there is definitely shifts in our climate. Yeah.
1: You have to get over it. You could say cars all you want to, but if you stop every car today, it's not going to make a difference. No,
0: we're we're kind of uh, past that point yeah. of no return. Yeah, there's never a point, anyways. It's gonna happen either way. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, gonna find a way change. out.
1: Nature will take care of itself.
0: Yeah. Nature.
1: It's, whether it has to take, I'm pro human. So as long as we survive, I don't. The way it seems, there's sometimes shit happens, and there's only very few of us that survive, but our species continues. Nature will continue to take care of itself.
0: Though. Yeah, and uh, it always will. It always has and uh there was something dude I, I grew up listening to a system of a down mm-hmm. and uh their singer Surge. he started doing his own music and whatnot and there was a line that always stuck with me he said um the world will survive us mm-hmm. and like to me like I go deep into that thinking is like the natural world will will continue we're going to be the ones that die we're a part of nature too we're organisms we're part of nature Mm -hmm. in some way when we are destroyed we will be put back in the cycle of creation we will cause other things to form when our physical physical bodies die they will be used to create something else i was thinking all these weird things
1: like this today whenever i was tilling my garden as I'm turning all this, this what were earth. they before? Yeah, I'm like, what used to grow here? What was here before?
0: The soil that I'm turning over. Yeah.
1: The... Cause I throw a lot of ashes in my in my garden. Yeah. It's, and these are trees.
0: Yeah. It's like, what ash did they come from? And... Shit.
1: Yeah. It's this constant recycle. It's up and down, up and down, up and down. The ebb and flow of creation. It is what it
0: is. What do you think about the importance of contemplating these things, being so introspective since you you are one of the few we don't come across people like you every day, someone who is so introspective. I what say, do you think of why is it important to you, and should it be important to humanity? I think because like if you look at the
1: um, the Hindu holy what do you call those guys a guru? they walk around with those skulls in their bags and they meditate yeah, they, they yeah, hold yeah, a human yeah. skull in their hand. Yeah.
0: Was it Aghori? Agori? Agori yeah. yeah. Something
1: like that. At least some, they'd have some very strange habits. But very strange. The one amazing meditation thing I saw them doing was holding that skull and contemplating, just thinking, no matter what happens, no matter whatever I do with my existence, what my energy is in this, in the end, I'm going to be just like this thing. Accept it. Tell your ego to shut the fuck up you're not that important. you are a drop in the middle of this vast ocean of other life and everything else. It sucks to accept it, but it is what it is and when you hold that skull kind of like you get I,
0: a perspective
1: exactly like no matter what I do
0: this is my
1: I better be as peaceful as possible because I'm not sure what's going to happen whenever these lights shut off
0: what there's a so we have our physical being. What about consciousness? That is the big. That is the big question. We can all accept that yeah. the body is going to die, the consciousness, the, the, or the soul. And what I call consciousness is the seed of the soul. It's. Yeah. It is what. Someone asked me today, and I think that consciousness is. Our soul. That's what we yeah. perceive as the soul. So, what about consciousness? We can hold a skull in our hands, and we can all understand that this is what it's going to come down to. Yeah. For our physical being. So your soul... What about the consciousness?
1: Man, I don't know. So if you if you go back into... Say for Oz is part of this... Mother host. And we go back into that.
0: The source. Then you're... Ulti- the all. The God. But
1: then the strange thing about that... If you go back and say what this planet... The energy of this planet is... Then your ultimate ending is... Being sucked into a black hole. So the ending is pure darkness, forever.
0: I would think that consciousness transcends
1: that. You think it goes, be, so then you think I of don't the, think the dimensions conscien- then. Yeah, dimensions. So then you're thinking dimensions, okay, so it's not a physical thing, it's more of a dimensional thing, it's beyond dimension, not something you can touch.
0: No, it's not tangible. Almost it's... where
1: these, whenever you hallucinate these, where these creatures live, it's in a dimensional thing, not a physical thing, you can't grab it. Yeah. So that's a dimensional thing, go ahead, so your consciousness would go there, into this different dimension. Is it heaven? Is it hell?
0: Which dimension do you land in? Uh, yeah, exactly. How many dimensions is it, are there? And is it determined by anything? Is it determined by your actions here on Earth? Whether, what dimension, dimension you land in?
1: There's, I don't know. There's a dimensions I don't want to go into. Exactly. I don't want to be there for I mean, me we now.
0: look at, like, uh, Dante's Inferno and Paradiso and all that. You know, these and it's frightening. These got to be dimensions of reality. And and, I mean, and and for anybody who has been in an otherworldly place, an otherworldly state of consciousness, a different realm. If you've ever taken that trip and you've been there and you've seen a different reality, you have to understand that consciousness can exist in different uh, understandings different yeah i've been in places that <clears throat> i can't perceive without something to heighten that and they're real experiences mm-hmm. i experience them so they're real so imagine okay we're in our you're 30 consciousness has gone to somewhere else you, you
1: spent maybe 10 years 15 years of your life doing this say the ancient societies spent hundreds of thousands of years doing that Con- in their best minds of doing what you've done in 15
0: years and maybe they still exist and they still try to contact us through those realms they,
1: they knew how to get there yeah. yeah and that's very possible but they're not gonna contact you in the form they were here that's was like their physical form maybe yeah. they're gonna contact you in some very strange abstract form like the creature with four like, legs like
0: um people who have been through DMT experiences they think they yeah. a lot of the times they don't see forms as beings they see them as shapes as languages beyond their understanding the creature of... with four
1: legs and his instead of feet he has hands and then he also has two hands like this and waves at you uh, maybe yeah he's kind of gray he has this little red hair Me. Maybe that was, you know, Socrates saying, hey, Cory, what's up?
0: Yeah. Um, and I, I think that these are the things that take us into the next realm, into the next form. I think... You think that's where your consciousness could go to? I think that's where we go. Into the mist, whatever you want to call it. Into the mist, into the all... Whatever the the all is all encompassing, and that encompasses all dimensions.
1: So, I mean, you're just like a spark off of consciousness. Consciousness.
0: I th- con- there's one mind.
1: But what is it? Feel the like all you mind. Enter that one mind though?
0: Do we no uh, do you. we do we ever become the one mind? There's there's products of the mind. There's mm-hmm. products of the universal mind. And. Maybe we just always remain a product of it, because when we die and our consciousness goes somewhere else, you become this. It bounces. It it might go into this eighteenth dimension
1: and survive
0: there for a while. Are you? And then it dies and goes into a back into a third dimension. It dies and goes into a fifty-eighth dimension. Would you still be your
1: your single spark? Traveling through these, like you being your single spark, no, no, would no, you not carry realizing.
0: your understanding? I no, don't no, think, I, I, I think so. don't think your
1: understanding would carry with you? I think but that you that, would still be like whatever this is. I think, it, yes,
0: I think so. I think it's a signal that never dies, it never goes away. The signal is always there, it's just waiting for something to receive it, pick it up. And the way that I've explained it is that what was our brains are like TVs. There's an Indian
1: tribe that, that says this too that we are from the the natural energies of the earth and we travel through the soils and whenever somebody gets pregnant that energy travels into that person and we go back into it and we come back up and we go back into it and we come back up.
0: I can I can um There's I can accept it and I can story. believe it and even sunlight the particles coming from the sunlight even the The particles coming from moonlight mm-hmm. all of these have effect on our growth, mm-hmm. not just the plants, but our growth as well mm-hmm. where how it how it comes to be that humans create life, how we create life, that these energies, these particles coming down, they are forces, they are energies that enter our lives. So we need vitamin D yeah. we need that coming from the sun to To live life and then to produce life, so yes, those energies do come from other natural forms. When we're walking outside, breathing the oxygen, that's a different energy. What, what is that
1: particle that hits us from like a light particle? What is that particle a There's photon? This, so the photon it hits us, and that's in the photon's life, right? And it breaks down whenever it hits our skin. I
0: wouldn't think it ends. It it's becomes a part of us. Life. Yeah. So this photon hits, life does not end.
1: This photon hits my skin. And Now it no longer travels through existence. It just becomes into me because and it breaks down
0: because those things cannot be created or destroyed They always exist always exist and they exist in us. I guess it could be hitting me and reflecting I don't know if they reflect or absorb Because matter can change, mm-hmm. but it cannot be destroyed so these particles these elements mm-hmm. they will always exist and in, in the form of vitamin D that we absorb and we use, and that produces serotonin and all kinds of things that it does for us naturally. So be but these things, they, the matter can form into something else. Mm-hmm. It's just electrons and protons building on each other. Mm-hmm. They can't all be destroyed, though. You can't ever go back to. I need to go back to biology class, man. <laughs> right, I took it for four <laughs> years. Damn it. <laughs> like this crazy dude about my Shit. my my high school history i uh i took biology for four years biology one yeah <laughs> yeah like,
1: like one through four or just biology one i studied biology
0: <laughs> it's like so people want to look at like i failed biology for three years that's the way you can look at it or i studied biology for four years <laughs> you studied that one book for four years bro that's cool i study fucking i've been <laughs> studying psychology for four, for 10 years i've been studying fucking philosophy for i mean it's just you you can look at it as like a, a negative thing but the way i look at it now is a very positive thing
1: oh i, I got to throw this out there really if you're listening <laughs> or just in case you do want to listen you're uh your first Yes, uh, what do you want to call those guys?
0: Norse? Not Norse, Norse
1: gods. Uh the Viking the first Viking king wasn't around until seventeen eighty five. Actually hold on, he wasn't the king until eighteen twelve. So uh your shit ain't that old.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about that <laughs> next time. Yeah. But yeah, dude, we've uh, we've been gone for a minute. Um, uh,
1: so which you were talking talk about Theodore Herzl?
0: Yeah, we can do that. Let's uh, let's get into because even before we started getting into Zionism, and uh, so so tell me about Theodore Herzl. Theodor Why Herzl. is he on your timeline?
1: Because I have a lot of Jewish history all throughout this timeline. Because I'm very interested in Jewish history. I have a lot of the main rabbis throughout this timeline. I have when the temples were built. A lot of the Roshonim, uh, your main commentators all throughout this timeline. And then I also had to throw Theodore Herzl on here, because Theodore Herzl I would not only me, most of your Orthodox community would call him the father of Zionism. And that is when a lot of things within Judaism changed, so I like putting things that changed history on my timeline.
0: Shapes societies and
1: big time I mean I'm pretty sure Theodore Hartzell was a German Jew um was not observant not a Torah
0: observant Jew so how do you want to label that you like in your own words so he was he was Jewish but he did not follow he did not the faith did not all. even believe in the Torah what was his thing was he into occult occultism probably yeah. esoteric societies, shit like that and what did he was he the founder of Zionism, yeah, founder of Zionism?
1: so I guess before we get too far into this because it is a very, very extremely sensitive topic,
0: we should smoke a giant There is a <laughs> massive difference
1: between Zionism and Judaism uh, i would I would say Judaism when I, when I say the word, I mean like Torah like pro torah These are people that believe in Torah that believe in Moses. Was given the Torah from Mount Sinai, God dictated the Torah to Moses. These are people that observe the Sabbath. That's what I think when I say Judaism. Zionism, it's not the same. It's
0: more of a political movement. It's a gigantic political movement. Yeah.
1: Big time. And Theodore Herzl is the father of that big, gigantic political movement. Is it? And now it's so mixed together, it's. If you say anything about Zionism, you're on, automatically called a anti-Semite yeah you're anti-Semitic so so you can't you cannot put these fucking things together
0: so Judaism is of of course a spiritual movement
1: yeah so pro-Torah is a spiritual movement
0: Zionism is more of a political movement and it's been it's infused itself with Judaism Judaism. because kind of masked itself disguised itself because they made that flag
1: with Star of David and the blue stripes. Yeah. So just to say that, whenever that flag was made, whenever Zionism started picking up that blue colour.
0: After he, the the war, what was it? The I would say nineteen forty Herzl died in nineteen
1: oh four. So this was the late
0: eighteen But, but like, he could have been in the beginning, but that, that when when was Israel made its own state? Was it like nineteen forty eight something? They maybe? were there
1: within nineteen fourteen. They were already
0: Establishing themselves.
1: Europeans were already moving in there. Yeah. So whenever Zionism, whenever they started...
0: Where was Theodor Herzl from? Germany. Germany.
1: So, okay, well, whenever, whenever Zionism started, they started using the blue. All your Orthodox neighborhoods, they used to have the talus, your prayer shawl, Yeah. and they used to be white with blue stripes. Whenever Zionism started using the blue, the Orthodox rabbis said, no more blue. We, we will now change to black stripes because we cannot be associated within the Zionism. So you see a big divide right there at the very beginning. And slowly, those Zionism thoughts started seeping into the Orthodox traditions. Maybe not traditions, just into the societies, the neighborhoods.
0: What was the, uh, the point of Zionism? And what, yeah. what, what was their disguise? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I do, I do know what Herzl wrote. Why, why Zionism? Why bring? What isn't the point of Zionism to bring back Go to something Israel, to Israel? To back to the what homeland. What is it they're bringing back? What is Jews back to the homeland? I feel like they're disguising. I feel the same way. Zionism is a disguise for something else. But their but their disguise is that we want to bring Jews back to the homeland. Exactly. But okay. But so why is that a bad thing? That that's.
1: I would think it's a bad thing, because the person who started this movement was completely anti-Torah. So since he's anti-Torah, and he wants all the Torah believers to come to this land, the Sadmar sect within your Orthodox Judaism Say, you no know, Jew is supposed to go live in Israel until the time of the Messiah comes back. So your Satmar community within Williamsburg, New York, you Google them, they're always protesting.
0: Do they want to create some kind of scenario? Are they trying to create a scenario where a Messiah, where they can pretend a false that Messiah. a Messiah?
1: When I see Zionism, I see them tied in with Christianity. Christianity wants that their temple be built, so then the Antichrist fulfills their prophecy, and then Jesus comes back. Zionism, in a, in a way, is almost tied in with crazy Christianity.
0: Do you Here. think it's gotten to a point where we're trying to force this to happen? Yes.
1: And that's what I understand. It's the, the founder of Zionism was not pro-Torah. You have people that are pro-Torah protesting against Zionism. It's, yeah. But then what you see is happening in Israel, your Zionist movements within Israel, it's, there's no Torah within Israel. I mean, you had your Torah communities... Tel Aviv is the gay capital of the world. You had the largest gay parade ever in the world taking place within the Holy Land by the chosen people. And they're all Zionist. But then you have a very small percentage that are Orthodox Jews that don't participate in anything. And some of them are still very anti-Zionist. But they just kind of get over it because, hey, you're helping me out. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. You don't make our kids go to the army. Yeah, you let them study in the in the in the in the shoals within the yeshivas.
0: It's um. It's it's.
1: it's very, it brings
0: up a lot of questions. That's all it does for me. Is like, where is this going? Um, that's what it
1: does for me too. But when you question it, you get called all kinds
0: of stuff. Fuck them. Okay. I don't give a fuck. So, so I, <laughs> call, I don't know. Who the fuck are you to call me something? The dude is hating on me. I don't me. give a fuck what anybody says about me. The
1: dude is hating on me, his name is uh, Ellie Friedman. Don't care. Fuck him. He's hating on yeah. me on Facebook. Um, he hates on me because I saw a post of the IDF. It was a Jewish kid, which I'm pro tour, I love to Let's, let's study. Let's figure yeah. out what it is. It was a Jewish kid sitting in the IDF fighter plane. And my simple, stupid comment, just because I'm taking a poop, I'm at work, <laughs> my comment just said, corrupt them while they're young. And I just kept on scrolling. Didn't think twice. I got so much hate.
0: That's awesome.
1: Endless amount of hate. Haters. You anti-Semite, you Jew-hating troll. I'm like, wait a minute. This kid should be in the shul studying Torah, yeah. not sitting in a Zionist fighter jet.
0: Yeah. But, but they don't... Know, they don't see it as a Zionist fighter jet. Oh, I know. They see it as a protector of the land. And that's destroyed. what you mean by corrupt them while they're young. Yeah. Do you think the state of Israel has become nothing but a Zionist project? That's Netanyahu right. is a. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's all it is.
1: Until you have the Sanhedrin running that land, until you have the true Torah law running that land, it's going to be Zionism. And but we are
0: never going to see that happen.
1: You're never going to see that. You're not no, to the see Torah it. is never going to rule that land. You're going to see some strange wannabe Sanhedrins. They're trying to build a third temple now. They did some weird, strange offering this past Pesach. But there's the Dome of the Rock stands there. They're talking about building it next to it. There's now. There's a debate. Is that, that, that? Is there, there
0: some? And is that? Is that coming to some kind of peaceful?
1: No. You see the Zionists all the time. Oh you do, man. Watch Abby Martin's Empire the Empire File Empire Files by Abby Martin.
0: Yeah, I've uh, I've heard about her going in there. I mean, it's fucking I love her dude. A phenomenal reporter. Yeah. And she, she really opened my eyes too. They've got a And she's a comedian. Yeah. She's just a comedian.
1: So you know we we've we busted Russia with their online bots like Facebook oh, and yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Israel has the same thing. Pro Zionist movement, gigantic warehouse full of people just on Facebook. All day so
0: creating think, pages and, and they'll create these things for two years. So before I think Eli Friedman, and...
1: the guy that's hating on me, might be one of these bots. Yeah. So go find Ellie Friedman. He's a biker in Israel. A biker in Israel? Ellie Friedman. Yes, what? he's a Zionist. a Zionist. I'm not going to say biking. Jew because I'm pretty sure he's not pro Torah because I've seen him on Facebook on Shabbos if you're supposed to be a Torah observant person, you're not supposed to be on the the phone on Shabbos.
0: So he's a... He's a hater. He's he's become a modern Israelite, which is very sad. Like, looking at what Israelites have become in this political world, in this materialistic world, Mm -hmm. they've become something very sad. And it's not that I'm anti-Israel... I'm not anti. Uh, I'm not anti. I'm it? not, not anti-Semitic, but when I look at the richness of their history and the beauty of their history, which I admire mm-hmm. so much, so much, and I'm of Jewish blood, and I I admire the history so much. I I went very deep into it, into loving it, and it's, but to see them become a part of the world to see them become americanized you know you see the way that america is taking over you know our yeah the way so this that's what we said jews
1: that's what they said you shouldn't be there they yeah. said that the gomorrah forbids it and they said that that is a law within the gomorrah that no jew should be in the land of israel until the time of the messiah comes back we yeah. should always remain in the ghettos separate from the people and
0: it was that way for a long time until
1: Theodore Herzl
0: we did exist in the in the ghettos uh, dispersed amongst the nations for a long time since the great israeli project when when was the last time that was it babylon that pulled us out that babylon man enslaved us and scattered us amongst the nations and was it then Yeah if you want to go If you want to go To biblical history Yeah
1: Yeah But that, that's That's still until, debatable And
0: then That was the last time Until we came back
1: Yeah that could all have been uh, Part of the great council Within uh, the Babylonian councils That wrote all that shit too There's a big debate And I, I didn't really know this until, until about a month ago About the whole Ezra thing Because so I was reading through Trek de K'giga, Which I read with my rabbi And I used to study Every night with him And so I started rereading it and there's a whole section debating, and rabbis are debating, whether Ezra wrote the Torah or not. And then the great council that Ezra was a part of, it's like, wait a minute. It, it, they even said if Moses wouldn't have wrote the... If, it straight up says if Moses would not have wrote the Torah, it would have been the book of Ezra. Like, that's, they classify him and Moses pretty much neck to neck. Maybe it kind of makes sense
0: because the Torah wasn't ever written down it was never written down that was word of mouth for thousands of years
1: until ezra came back with the written so the biblical that's what the bible says ezra came back with the written torah
0: it and that i mean that makes sense to me but because we all of those stories were were word of mouth for a very long time and ezra was studying in the great councils of babylon at the time and that's that's it's even a testament to how much do we know about these stories because if you're passing these stories down for hundreds of years for thousands of years how much will they change
1: i think when you step back and look at them and you step back and look like a things like like this timeline some of this stuff just makes sense the creation i said the creation story the six days okay take what you want but when you see the animals coming to life and then you see the humans coming to life in this Garden of Eden phase... You look at
0: the, the six days in uh, evolutionary terms, the yeah. way that they come about, it makes a- every sense.
1: Every society has their beginning of earth, and it's always some mystical creation
0: thing. But I wouldn't take it literal. No. Six days. No. It's Please like, don't. None of
1: it. None of it. <laughs> and, the, the, and that better, shit
0: it takes a long time for that shit to happen. The Midrash Rabbah goes and, into... And that, term, all that could be term, lost term. in translation. Yeah. Over thousands of years, yeah, I can show you how
1: some of these weird the codes that the, the midrash Rabbi breaks it down in. So, um, well, so it's so you, you, like if you if you step back and look, say if you want to compare it to the Bible, okay, so you have your Garden of Eden. That's gonna be I would I would compare it to your climatic optimum, and whenever the angel came down with a sword, that's probably gonna be your meteorite that's probably striked us and ended that climatic optimum, and that at that time around four thousand B.C. maybe, say four thousand fifty B.C. Is when we start finding weapons, because that's when the climatic optimum ended. So you couldn't just grow food everywhere you wanted to. You just couldn't find things you wanted. So you yeah. had to start robbing your neighbor. Mm-hmm. War started. Yeah. So that okay. So if you want to go biblical, Adam and Eve, angel came down, kicked them out. Angel can be compared to like a meteor, whatever, a comet hitting us. Then these these humans had their first offspring, the first generation. They started fighting. Cain and Abel they killed each other Cain yeah. killed Abel so your first generation of
0: offspring after the climatic optimum started killing each other cause does Cain and Abel have to be directly just two people after Adam and Eve no it doesn't but I don't it, think it necessarily has if, to if you be. want to go through, with that goofy translation yes you Cain can and say A- yeah if you take it literally yeah, yeah. But, no, it's, you can't. but Cain and Abel could have been hundreds of years it could have been after Adam and Eve
1: so then you have all this time, and then you have a what? A great flood. Okay, so something else hit us. And then it just got wiped out, another big wash. You have so many different things that happened. It's insane. Yeah. Things have hit us, struck us. Stories can be created left and right.
0: Yeah, absolutely, especially over the vast amount of time.
1: And if you if you want to go like all biblical, then you can say Rashi even said that Whenever Moses came out of Egypt, he had the Book of Genesis with him. So those stories were in Egypt before yeah. Moses was even alive.
0: Huh? Yeah.
1: So there, that that's another strange. It thing. makes more
0: sense. Yeah. It makes more sense.
1: So he might have wrote it in Hebrew, but those books were written in some other strange language, probably in one of those underground caravans where they had all the stuff is hidden. Moses might have got it and brought it with him, and then incorporated incorporated that within his canonized Bible, whatever. Yeah. If you want to say the, all it, do you want to go to like Rashi interpretation stuff? For I just, sure. I just thought that was very cool when Rashi said that whenever Moses left Egypt, he had Genesis with him. I was like, that's that's pretty dope to think about that.
0: It, it makes sense because he was studying in Egypt. If, he was studying with great teachers in Egypt. If he was a real person. If he yeah. was, if he was, under the pharaoh. Yeah. And being taught by the pharaohs' teachers, and they would have some kind of understanding of the past, oh God, yeah. greater than what we've been given, and and of course Moses would come with those stories, uh-huh. with Genesis already intact, with an understanding. It makes yeah. sense, dude. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing, man. That's a beauty about our history, and. Um, Finding truth and understanding—I to me, it's been a pursuit of knowledge that I will never give up. And I think that everybody needs to have, like, God. If we all had that mindset,
1: see, whenever I, whenever I try to bring like biblical history into it, I, I question all of it because was Moses real? Was the first temple real? There's a date for the first temple, but it was ever real? Was Anybody in the Old Testament even know? Can you really put that into a timeline? When you do it, kind of throws shit out of whack.
0: Even, yeah.
1: It. So then it's kind of hard to even bring up in a timeline. Well,
0: it's be. I'd almost say that's because the timeline that we've created, that we've tried to, that historians have tried to prescribe to our textbooks mm-hmm. to teach us that this was our timeline, but. I, I think that's where things get confused is mm-hmm. because we're trying to make 100% knowledge out of these things that we're not 100% about. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they've tried that these people, that the history that we've learned was taught by people who their egos were tied into their work and they wanted to put them out and say that this is 100% our history. Mm-hmm. But that's because ego was tied into it and that and and so we're we're taught these things and we're supposed to expect them to be our history mm-hmm. 100% but what we're learning now is that they're not yeah and so that's where things get mixed up and that's where I feel like there's a very there's a large degree of truth mm-hmm. to a lot of it but there's a very large degree of what is missing and what we don't understand about the timeline in general yeah
1: just putting some of this stuff together it's, it had me questioning it, it other is sources. it's big man it's 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 bigger than because it, it goes through greek history um ancient Sumer, the different kings of assyria Babylonian history
0: and that's what i was saying man if you can if you can work this timeline out and it might take another 10 years dude i, I mean know. it's it's
1: i think it's cool putting all this stuff in like in a in a perspective that you can actually look at it like wait a minute I thought this was
0: way before this person. Dude, this and is... And then you have to go back and adjust it. And yeah. figure out, like, where things go, dude. It's... 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 It's an honorable pursuit. And, um... And then I have a... The back part is just very cool shit just to Google and check out.
1: There's a site in Texas that's 16,000 so. years old, bro. That blew my mind. It makes people want to just take a road trip... Yeah. And go there. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's 16,000 years old, and it's in Texas. It's called the... Galt site. It's in Florence, Texas. So, um, sixteen thousand years ago.
0: We're gonna have to end this out. I think we're going on like an hour and a half, somewhere around there. But, um, like I was saying to you earlier, and I kind of just want to end on this: this timeline that you're working out. It's a, it's an honorable pursuit, and I think it's something that you should definitely continue to work on, as long as you can, until you feel confident about it and maybe even publish, because I think this is something that, if you could work it out, would you throw, like, okay, so,
1: the Sumerian king list, they have kings that roll for 43,000 years. Would you incorporate stuff like that in your timeline? One king? Take a look, okay, just Google the Sumerian kings list from ancient Sumer, and... They have kings that reign for forty-three thousand years, thirty-six thousand years, twenty-eight thousand years. That's
0: gonna have to be studied extensively, yeah. And but also looked at with a degree of skepticism because
1: that's almost like some biblical Adam and and Eve type of stuff. Yeah,
0: when you had uh, you know those uh, those Genesis characters who lived for hundreds of years, years, nine hundred years, like, Yeah, it's ridiculous. Is it possible?
1: With our different climates, was it even possible?
0: Was it possible? Was it possible that we found ways that
1: It's beyond our understanding? Beyond
0: our understanding to live for a certain amount of time, um, so, that could be a subsection to that's why what it's whatever bear. it is that you ha- that you published. Yeah. Um,
1: so if you want to get some crazy stuff, there's these because even Egypt has some ancient plates. What's it called the?
0: But when you look at the Sumerian history of forty-three thousand years. Like, even still, man, if this is knowledge, if this is real knowledge, 43,000 years, mm-hmm. could it be that they were other-dimensional? That they came through time and space to rule here for a while? And that their their rule began somewhere else, and it didn't even end
1: here? There we go. So, there's a stone in Egypt called the Palermo, P-A-L-E-R-M-O Stone. And it shows ancient Egyptian history back to thirty thousand years, and it's also written on the Tutor, or the Turin Papyrus. So you'd also have to put some of that in the back section too, yeah. Because even there's some stuff in ancient Egypt that goes back to thirty thousand years ago.
0: What you, what I would say if you're gonna, if you're gonna publish this work, you could do your, your natural timeline, mm-hmm. and when you get into shit like that, that could be part two. <laughs> like you could split the shit. I mean, there's because a... working that into a comprehensible timeline because the minds f- have the same thing because stuff like that could be otherworldly and you have to take that into perspective if you have an understanding of the psyche if you have an understanding of other dimensions that you might not be able to fit that into the the natural timeline that we're going to go by that okay. we're going to
1: figure out. That throws off your 12,000 BC date that you actually have valid history for. Yeah. Because now you're going back to 43,000 years. And
0: with close. all the extensive work, if you're going to go in depth like fucking Dan Carlin, this might be a, a book one and a book two, yeah. if you're going to go that route. But um, That's naming off almost every king, though. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm really
1: not too <laughs> curious about it. I'm I'm more curious about certain events. Yeah. Things that changed the ages, not, I mean, not even the ages, just like certain, certain dynasties, yeah. like Genghis Khan, like when the hell was Genghis Khan, I, shit, I didn't know, so I looked it up, I thought Genghis Khan was a long ass time ago,
0: it turns no. out he
1: wasn't, no, no,
0: yeah, that shit blew my mind too, no, not long ago, let's see, Genghis Khan, and he, was 1200s. Like, he wiped out like a third of the fucking earth's population himself, not even a thousand years ago,
1: yeah, 900 years ago this guy did this, yeah, are you fucking serious? Didn't know this. I thought it was a long fucking time ago. No, it wasn't no. that
0: long ago. <laughs> but, um, dude, we're gonna have to end this, and we're yeah. gonna have to pick up another time. Maybe we'll do this with, uh, our buddy Roy next time. Yeah, but, he's uh, looking
1: at my, uh, Vikings King list. Yeah, we'll yes. get
0: into that. But, um, dude, it's been great. I think we all, we've we almost gone to two hours. Nice, man. it's good, man. It was all good. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and, uh, we'll, we'll uh, We'll definitely be having more conversations together. This is the second time. You're you're my uh first repeat podcast. You didn't you weren't aware of the first one. We're not even finished with conspiracy yet. Right? We can still be <laughs> in conspiracies. There's still a lot more that we could go into. Yeah. But um we'll get there next time. Thank you guys for listening and we'll we'll catch you then. Dallas Bad
1: Company. <laughs>